0: Looking for insightful and heartfelt conversations about social justice, activism, and innovation? I'm glad to recommend the podcast, All Inclusive, with Jay Ruderman. Hosted by Jay Ruderman, a social activist and philanthropic leader in diversity and social justice. Every other Monday, Jay interviews leaders and experts on the latest news, technology, and advocacy for a more socially just world. Hear leaders like PBS NewsHour's Judy Woodruff discuss her remarkable career in journalism and work in disability advocacy. Fran Drescher talk about the nannies' resurgence and her mission to save lives through her nonprofit Cancer Schmancer. In order to create an innovative future, honest discussions must be held. All Inclusive will inspire you to keep learning and to take action to build a positive future. Listen to All Inclusive wherever you're listening right now. Hello! From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. If you're tuning in for the first time, here's the deal. Every weekday, we're telling the stories of women from around the world and throughout history who you may not know about but should. Each month is themed. This month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories from across a spectrum. From women who made good trouble, to women who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word, all of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Women, like men, have played good and bad roles in human history. To gloss over women who we find less than inspiring is to accept a diminished and inaccurate place in the historical record. This episode is about one of the most murderous women in history— So, if you're listening with young children, you may want to sit this one out. Today, we're talking about a queen known for her ruthless 33-year reign in Madagascar. She's often portrayed as both a bloodthirsty dictator and an anti-imperialist leader. Let's talk about Rana Valona I. Our subject was born Ramavo in 1792. For the first three and a half decades of her life, that's how she was known. Then when she was 36, Ramavo's husband, King Radama I, took his own life in a fit of delirium. The cause of this delirium remains a mystery. It may have been caused by malaria, Blackwater fever, and or excessive alcohol consumption. Regardless, six days after her husband's death, Ramavo ordered all of his relatives either strangled or starved to death and declared herself queen. Ramavo then took on the royal name, Rana Valona, and began her long reign on the Malagasy people. Becoming queen presented early challenges. Before European influence, the Malagasy people had been a matrilineal society. But prior to Rana Valona's ascension to the throne, the royal family adopted a rule of patrilineal succession. Rana Valona declared herself to be a man in order to safeguard her rule. This prevented her from remarrying. Still, she was allowed lovers, and any children she bore were considered descendants of her dead husband. Rana Valona's rule was profoundly different from her late husband's. Unlike Rama I, Rana Valona did not have a friendly attitude towards Europeans. She threw out the Anglo-Malagasy Treaty of Friendship signed by her husband. She also forbade building roads so that no invading European army could have a straight shot to her kingdom. Royal policies were often dictated by divination boards known as Sikidi. Rana Valona also reinstated slavery as a social and economic institution. It had previously been abolished. At the age of 37, Rana Valona gave birth to her only child, Rakoto. The child's father was one of Rana Valona's generals, The father was assassinated a year later by the queen's newest lover, Rani Haro. Two years later, by chance, a Frenchman named Jean Laborde washed up on the beach. He was treasure diving on the coast of Mozambique when his ship got caught in a storm. When he landed in Madagascar, he automatically became the property of the crown. He was taken to the queen and ended up signing a contract to manufacture rifles and cannons for Rana Valona. This began an industrial revolution on the island. Jean and the queen employed 10,000 Malagasy people to manufacture everything from soap to guns. At the age of 43, Rana Valona became very ill. Fearing she may die, the queen prayed dutifully to her ancestors to help her heal. When she recovered, Rana Valona attributed her health to Malagasy spirituality. She was inspired to safeguard her cultural beliefs, so she made all missionaries stop baptisms. Then in 1835, all missionaries were expelled from Madagascar and all missionary schools were closed. A year later, the queen ordered the capture and execution of every Christian on the island. Whether you were Malagasy, European, or the highest ranking court member, everyone was subject to the queen's trials her punishments were torturous, spanning from poison to enslavement to dismemberment. A decade after missionaries were expelled, Rana Valona banned all Europeans from trading in Madagascar. Anyone who disagreed with the decree had to leave within two weeks of the order. As the queen got older, she grew more outrageous with her power. She was responsible for 50% of deaths on the island. Those who survived were burdened by the fact that she also mismanaged the economy. By the early 1850s, Rana Valona's son, Prince Rakoto, had become a young man. Because of his relationship with Jean Laborde, he was sympathetic to Europeans. In January of 1854, the prince dispatched a secret letter to Napoleon III, asking him to bring the French army to Madagascar to replace his mother's advisors. He never got a response. But three years later, Rana Valona found out about her son's plot and expelled all remaining Europeans from Madagascar after confiscating their possessions. During Rana Valona's reign, the island was gripped with paranoia and terror. She ruled with an iron fist. In 1861, she died at the age of 69. She had earned the nickname Rana Valona the Cruel. All month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday.